welcome to the very special season finale of the Barrel Horse Life podcast. You know, when I first got into this whole podcasting deal, I had no idea what would come of it. Literally one day I just decided, I think I'm going to start a podcast. So I jumped in head first. I had no idea if I'd have any listeners, followers, or if anybody even cared to listen to me ramble on about barrel racing. Well, apparently there's a lot of you out there that love to talk about it just as much as me. And I have to say, it's been a hell of a journey. Very few people get the opportunities that I've had to pick the brains of some of the leading people in our industry. And I have to say, it's made me better in more ways than I expected. It inspired me to start the Barrel Horse Life store. I wanted to create a website that had super, super comfy soft t-shirts that we all could wear on the daily. It's a website unlike any other. You get to pick the style of shirt, you pick your own color, and their sizes extra small through 5XL, men's, women's, kids, and so much more. So I'd really love for you to check it out. It's www.thebarrelhorselife.store. Barrel racing isn't as easy as it looks. And if someone makes it look easy, it's probably because they're great at it. It takes a ton of persistence, a horse with grit and hustle, and the ability to ride the waves of the highs and lows that come along with it. And as we all know, there's plenty. My next guest has been one that's inspired me from the first day that I was introduced to her. She's laid back, tougher than nails. She has a horse that's even tougher. And not only has he been the two-time horse of the year, he was recently voted in 2021 horse with the most heart. I was beyond excited to get to chat with her. I'm Amy Davenport, and this is the Barrel Horse Life Podcast. Today's episode, Miss Donna K. Rule. This podcast is brought to you by WOCO, a nutrition and fitness training program designed to help you reach your goals inside and outside of the arena. To find out if you are a good fit for the program, go to WOCO.com. That's W-H-O-A-A-C-O.com. When I went through Jamie's program myself, I gained way more than I bargained for. In our first sessions together, Jamie asked me, what's your goal? And I said, girl, I just want to fit back into my gosh dang skinny jeans again. And that's truly no joke. Jamie's program taught me that confidence in myself will progress back into confidence in the saddle. Teaching me how to correctly feed my hunger cues led to way better eating habits. And then those better eating habits led me into fitting back into my gosh dang pants again. And let me tell you, the confidence that I gained fitting back into those skinny jeans at my first barrel race was a damn good feeling. Jamie's a registered dietitian, and she's also an accomplished 1D barrel racer herself, so she totally gets it. Head on over to woco.com and use my code AMY10, that's W-H-O-A-A-C-O.com, and use my code for any service. it's Amy. I want to tell you a little something. If you're listening to this podcast, I'm assuming you have horses. Maybe not barrel racing horses. You might just have the backyard pet, but either way, they're our best friends. And performance horses are athletes, and we ask a lot of them. Draw It Out is an all-natural topical liniment that removes heat, inflammation, and soreness anywhere on your horse's body. You can put it under wraps, saddle pads, even blankets. I mean, there's nothing on the market that's like this. 
It's completely safe, 100% natural, and it's super convenient to use. I keep it in the barn, in the trailer. Heck, I even keep it in the house. Their deep penetrating formula is completely sensation free. So it goes on your horses gently with zero heating, zero cooling, and no tingling effects. You guys, that means there's no burns and no blistering with this products on our best friends. That's huge. I never leave home without their concentrate spray and gel. And in the summertime, their citroquin bug spray is the real deal. It actually works. Their new master mud poultice and ice bath are essential when competing and hauling down the road. Truly, keeping down as much inflammation as possible is key to the 1D. Click your way on over to LonePrairiePHS.com, that's LonePrairiePHS.com, and enter code AMY10 in the checkout. Let's keep our animals competing at the top of their game. Today on the podcast, we have Donna K. Rule. Um, so Donna, I'll let you take over from here and tell us where you're at and what you've been up to. Well, I'm uh, currently at Calgary, uh, Alberta, Canada, which I've never been before. So it's it's beautiful and the people have been fabulous and the event is amazing. If you haven't ever been here, you got to make it on the bucket list. And uh, so I went to a few rodeos while we were up here and just met a lot of fine people and uh, fix the head back after we get done hopefully on Sunday and start back to the states. Yeah and I've been following you this last week at Calgary. I'm telling you you guys have been laying down some killer runs. Kind of talk us through this last week. How have, Tell me about your emotions and how you've been feeling. Well you know I don't get too excited about stuff. You know my my uh, normal MO is to you know to tuck my chin and do my job and mm-hmm. you know make sure my horse is happy and confident and um, you know, it's such a great group of women up here and the girls that we've met since we've been here are just, just great and nice horses. So it's just super fun to be around that, that kind of quality of, of people and animals. Yeah. That, the committee up there, they put on an amazing rodeo. I've personally never been, but that is on my bucket list to do because it just seems like one of those rodeos that is, they just go the extra mile. They try to make you guys as comfortable as you can. Extra amenities in the ground is just amazing up there. Yeah, you know there, there's a there's a mild battle between the chucks and the barrel racers, but you know it's not really a battle at all. Honestly, um, those guys have a gob of money invested in horses and equipment, and we do too. And you know it's just a common courtesy to let us do our thing in the morning, and then they clean it up and let them do their thing in the evening. So I think I think people get excited about it, and it's not really a big to do. It's just. Uh, uh, respectability for both individual events so that that part's been great and the amazing amazing women and horses up here the, the quality of horses these days is just super neat to see yeah the quality of horses now compared to even just 5 10 20 years ago is oh 100% you know it used to you 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 knew the top seven or eight horses and that's who you had to outrun but gosh anymore it's number one through number 50 you know it's anybody's day it's just amazing yeah and that that top one horse that you think oh man you know so-and-so is here it's going to be tough to beat them they could have just the tiniest little stumble of ground trouble or you know hesitation on the back side of the barrel and then boom they're out it's, it's, oh it's, yeah, it's a game of inches, and yeah. you know everybody just has. You just have to have your best day, and you know if you don't, you just need to kind of 
grin and say, thank goodness I got to do that one more time and fix it and go on. Hold your head up high. So now that you've been out on the road, I know, who all do you have with you in the trailer right now? Horse-wise, I just have Valor. Just have Valor? He's he's, he's your number one mount. Yeah, he's all I really have. Um, Juice, uh, the one that I had that, you know, was a little older than Valor, his injuries, he came back some from his injury that he had. Um, I had a a terrible accident in Springfield, Missouri with him. Um, And a lot of people know, but uh, somebody tied a horse to a loose panel, and and the long story following that caused him to it sort of ended his pro career but he's but i got him and i got him back and um so he doesn't get to go because he just you know there's very few places he can be competitive just due to the injury sure sure and unfortunately that kind of stuff happens and i know i've talked to several people that have had freak accidents things happen and these are even though these are our best friends this is what you use to make your living absolutely yeah. I, I hate to go on and on, and people are probably tired of hearing about the deal, but it's really important to me to, to those young ladies that might think, oh, I'll just time here for a minute to a loose panel. Don't do it. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't do it. Safety. You know, safety. It, it changed my life. It changed my horse's life. I, you know, I broke a bunch of ribs and tore up my knee, broke my hand, ended a career of a nice horse. You know, mm-hmm. that simple action of I just want to run to the bathroom, don't do it. One of my biggest pet peeves is that when someone ties a horse up, they go to untie them and put their bridle on, and then they let the halter dangle. I've seen horses get tripped up in just just a hanging halter. It's scary. Yeah, yeah. If you can't stand it on the ground, untie it at least. Yes. Uh, amen. Yeah. Preach on. <laughs> Preach on. Yeah. So who do you have traveling with you as well? I know you have Rosie the rodeo dog. I love seeing pictures of her on the road. <laughs> yeah, Rosie. She like, oh my gosh, that picture of her in front of the Canadian flag. It just cracked me up because she was so proud. <laughs> Rosie was proud to be in Canada. But typically I travel by myself and um, Wendy Johnson got a hold of me uh, about a week before I left. And she said, you know, I'm going and uh, I might as well split the rig. And uh, I, I'm quite a bit older than most people, so it was it was like, oh dear, okay. And uh, but we've had fun. Winda hopped in, and she's got Mo and Mac with her, and she's had a tremendous week. So um, it's actually been pretty darn fun. Good. It's always nice to have company, and not just to help with the financial part of it, but literally to have the company. You're you're traveling a lot on your own. Oh, I travel by myself 99% of the time, but yeah, so this was an adjustment, but it's surprisingly not much of one, and we, we've had a Good. great time. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Let's kind of rewind a little bit. I want you to talk about Valor. I know he's, he seems so smooth in, in, in his runs, and as a barrel racer myself, I know it's not always easy to ride those smooth-style smooth looking horses. Sometimes it's really rough. I mean, he's huge, so tell us, what is his style like, and what's he like to ride and work? Well, it, you know, in the beginning, it, he was he was tough. You know, I guess all the good ones probably are. Um, he was he's so powerful and so fast. Um, you know, dashing out of a barrel, I, I honestly wasn't sure I could I could drop down in the turn and come back up with him with that first push. So mm-hmm. that that took some getting used to. So knowing that in the beginning, my job as I trained him was to to make it smooth, make it easy for him, and set up his turn so that he could make it easy and I could I could stay with him. So we did a lot of just quiet riding and correct riding and working on where the hip is and where feet placement and letting him develop into uh, 
you know, something that wants to listen and, and wants to wait on me because, you know, there's that point where you make a mistake in a turn and, and you have to help, you know, he has to listen. So we worked on a lot of that. And, you know, with a, he's the first full, full racehorse I ever had. Mm-hmm. So as far as, you know, instead of having half cow, half race, um, it, it took a lot to keep him, you know, to keep him mentally okay. So, but to stay with him, I mean, he is smooth. And if I, if I work really hard on my dressage type riding and my hunt seat type riding, I can stay in the middle. And well, I'll tell you, it was pretty rough. Oh, go for a little bit. You know, I, and I don't know, you probably know, and most do now, but I had a hip replacement this year because yeah. I, before I got my hip done, my goodness sake, Amy, I could, it was rough. And I was really interfering with that horse's ability to work because I was telling him stuff because I was trying to protect myself. Sure. So you're, you're compromising uh, on one side or the other always. Uh, oh, oh my goodness, yes. And at Fort Worth, I was just, I watched the videos, I was mortified. I mean, that poor old guy did everything I told him to do, which was totally incorrect. So yeah. Uh, yeah. that was when I made the decision, I got, I'm doing it. I got to get a new hip. Yeah, and so that I was going to ask you how, because a lot of people don't know you had hip surgery. I mean, you were just gone for a short amount of time, and then boom, here's Donna Kay kicking ass again. So. <laughs> I'd gone to him about a year ago to find out what in the world was going on, and I don't go to doctors, you know. It's mm-hmm. not a brag. I, it's just a statement. But mm-hmm. uh, And so he said, you'll, you'll come back and see me, and I was, by golly, determined I was going to use all the biologics, and I was just going to get by and, you know, Fast forward a year later, I called him, and, and interestingly, he was a veterinarian for seven years prior to going into human practice. Oh, really? Yeah. It was super fun to talk to because he got me, and you know, he said, "Dex and Vanamine is not your friend." He said, "We got to fix you." So <laughs> when I called him, he was happy to help me. Not- and I said, "I got to be ready for Calgary. I've never been, and I'm 64 years old. I don't know if I'll get to go again. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, got to have me ready." And there I went. I went April 25th, and. Uh, I was back riding six weeks and back running barrels in eight weeks. Wow, that is amazing. How did you do that so quickly? I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't <laughs> tell you. You know, divine intervention. I, I said, God, you're going to, I'm not done yet, and you'll tell me when I'm done. I don't really want to know, but I don't think I'm done yet. So, <laughs> no, and, determination you know, probably. <laughs> yeah, if, and, you know, I tell people all the time if you don't use it, you lose it. So, you know, if you didn't get back on right away, the the comeback would probably be even harder. Yeah. Well, I was in really, really good shape, so that helped. Because I, I ride, when I'm not rodeoing, you know, I've got seven or eight at the house to ride. My daughter rides. I help her. And, you know, mm-hmm. we have cattle. And, you know, we get up in the morning, hit the run door running, and we lay down at night, wore out. So it's not, I don't, I rarely sit around. So yeah. I think being in shape probably was, is probably the answer to it that makes a huge difference when years ago before I started going to the gym uh I mean I struggled like you said I look back at my videos and I think oh my gosh my poor horse thank god they compromise for us they stay up underneath us and now that I actually have some core strength I mean I'm not I don't brag I don't go to the gym but more a couple days a week but the moral of that is I can be a better jockey for my horse and it's amazing when you just like our horses you know we train them we have to build up their top line we need their butts to get bigger you know we need them to kind of stay collected when we ride them sometimes so it works their muscles and it only makes sense that we work our muscles as well oh 100 percent. you know and core strength is probably your your biggest 
the big thing we lack as we go, I've learned that as I've gone along and, you know, you think you're strong and you are. I mean, I can, you know, we all pick up bales of hay and we all carry our feed and we all carry our water, but you know, there, you, you really need to also pay attention to your core strength because it's, it's the center of the whole thing when you're riding. And I've seen people in their older age, as they get up there, they're, they're still racing and we're like, wow, I want to be 85 years old and run barrels too. But those horses are meant for them. You know, they are like one in a million. Sometimes you see that, yeah. that old lady come running down the alleyway. Her horse takes care of her and that horse only goes as fast as it knows that it can go for that person. That's 100% so. It's amazing. Yeah. Valor... I was reading about it the other day. I didn't realize he's been horse of the year two times. Tell us, and he was also voted horse with the most heart back in 2021. So tell us a little bit about that and how that made you feel getting that awesome accomplishment for him. Okay, so I barely, I can barely get through this one. Oh, you made me cry. (laughs) So there are so many great horses, as I said, and, and, all of us admire the other one and you know know what it takes to to put one together and for them to recognize valor was i can't, can't get through it yeah <laughs> i just i mean incredible incredible so yeah i uh blown away and then i shared the horse with the most heart at the nfr with um can man shayla lord and uh yeah and that was that are. was yeah. pretty dang honor yeah. you know a big honor as well so yeah he Valerie, you know, and a lot of those girls have three or four horses in three or four rigs and off they go. And here goes Don K, Valor and Rosie. And, you know, Valor just, just toted the load all the whole way and then run 10 rounds at the NFR and wins the last, the 10th round, you know. So mm-hmm. they weren't wrong, but oh man, what an honor. What an honor. Yeah. And what a blessing for me. Yeah, I don't, I, in my opinion, I think that's the biggest accomplishment in anyone's career to have that title for their horse. I couldn't imagine being in your shoes. I would, every time I talk about it, I'd just start bawling too. Yeah, I, I just came, I, I can barely make it through that one. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, totally fine. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it, it matters. It really does. Yeah, well, while we're on the subject, whenever you had the COVID for NFR. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was not a highlight. Uh, they, uh, they, tested and uh, invited me and Caleb Schmidt to go home we were we were done so um that was a little rough that was a little rough. I was so excited to be able to go and set my horse up for a good run in a nice big pen with good ground um and you know there there was the that news that was a that was pretty much a kick in the gut but oh yeah just just to say the least a kick in the gut I I remember whenever I was reading that online, you know, you had posted a really sweet little video and I thought, God bless her because I, I would be irate. Now I'm sure there's so many emotions that go along with that, but at the end, you know, it is what it is, but it doesn't make it any easier to deal with at the same time. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm human. It was definitely a kick in the gut, but honestly, this, this whole game and the whole entire NFR is not about Donna K rule. It's about our lifestyle, our community, the years and years of work that everybody puts in. You know, and they there were there were tons of high powered lawyers calling me. I mean oh, really? some big guns. And they said, We can you can go. You need to go. That's not right. And uh you know, I was like, Okay, so I understand that you want to help me and I see that um that there's a possibility I could still go. 
I said, tell me who gets hurt in this thing first before we go forward and we, we pull the trigger and say, okay, we're doing it. And he went through the list of, of what ramifications would come of a lawsuit. And I was like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Those people, everybody rallied. They did something about it. They moved it to Texas. I'm proud of those people. Mm-hmm. It's not about me. It, you know, there's a hundred, was there 110 contestants, I think, at the NFR? Yeah. I, I'm, it sucked to be me, but it, it would have ruined lots of stuff. And you know what? No, this is how we make our living. We'll be fine. Good well, things will come. High five to you. I respect you so much for that because there's, there's always ramifications for our choices that we make. And I think that's so cool that you reacted that way because not many people would. Well, and we should learn from that. You know, we, we need to help each other. In this world that we have going right now, you know, we need to understand it. It can't be dog eat dog. We, we have to be, you know, we're not all the same. We all have different goals. But uh, we have to lift each other up and do what we can for each other. Amen. You know, what's, Bottom line. What's the quote about don't dull someone else's sparkle? Yeah, Man. yeah. So, yeah, I, I still feel very strongly about that, even though it did, did super-duper suck. Yeah. Well, let's, <laughs> let's go on to more positive things versus COVID and the NFR, because that's not always fun to talk about. So I'd yeah. like to say that the majority of people listening to this podcast aren't gone on the road for months and months like you are. So how much stuff do you need to take with you when you're gone for that long? Um, well, you know, you, the, the rule of thumb I go by is what do I use every day? What, what do I really want to have every day? You know, whether it's Doritos or whatever, but you know, I want to have those things or, you know, if you want lotion every day, I want to take a shower and I, I love this favorite lotion. You know, I kind of go along in the wintertime and I clean my trailer all out and I put stuff back in that I love every day. And so, you know, I take I'm prepared. You know, my daughter laughs at me because I'm the one that's, you know, mother. How many people have a blood pressure cuff and a stethoscope? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I kind of do. But so I I a little overpack and rat hole some stuff just in case. But, uh, you know, lots of feed, lots of hay. And I always have a really, really overdone vet box just for just in case. It just makes me comfortable. Rarely use it all. But, you know, there there you have anything you need. And, um that's that's a big deal for me. Lots of vet wrap, lots of bandages, mm-hmm. AAA ointment, um, you know, a few injectables that I think that are um, legal for me to administer. Um, you know, the things that you can fix before you can get to a real vet kind of stuff I right. keep. Give me like the top three things that are must-haves with you on the road. Well, as long as my horse is set and I've got, you know, extra Chicago screws. I mean, I'm kind of silly about that stuff. I, because, you know, I can repair whatever I need to repair. I mean, if you're talking about in the truck, you know, we got to have Doritos and we got to have cherry sours. And <laughs> no, I'm I'm a good eater. I really am. I, I'm careful about what I put in because it's my it's my fuel to keep me going. But I do cheat and do the yeah. cherry sours and Mike and Ike's and Doritos and sweet tea. And yeah. but yeah, I don't know. I, I like to have all that stuff within reach. Sometimes I don't even open the box, but I have it, you know. Yeah, a lot of times I'll have like a, a little, uh, you know, Tupperware container and I'll have just, I end up putting it in baggies because if I have the whole bag of chips, it'll be gone by the time the trip's gone. <laughs> so I have to oh, yeah. 
portion yeah, that's size. The, that's the the, uh, the funniest thing about me is like I'll stand there eating Doritos, trying to decide if I'm going to eat Doritos or not. And so by the time I have about half the bag, I'm like, no, I really didn't want Doritos. <laughs> and it's half gone already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Well, during these summer runs, how long are you gone for? Uh, last several years, I leave. Oh, about the 10th of June and get back around the 1st of September. That's a long time. You know, my daughter's getting married this year, so I'm hoping I can get, you know, get comfortable enough to to head back home and help her get ready for the wedding. Go ahead and talk about your family, because I know you're married to John, and just tell us about your kids as well. Yeah, me and John Rule, we've been married 42 years. Oh, wow. yeah, we had a saddle shop in Oklahoma City, and there in the stockyard, a lot of people didn't realize it was mine, and uh, right next door to Cattleman's Steakhouse in the Oklahoma City Stockyards yep. National Saddlery, yep. and uh, we sold it in 2009. We were there 30 years, and we made the world champion saddles for 10 of those years, and uh, also made the IPRA saddles for five out of those 10, so we, we stayed pretty busy. Uh, son, my son Marshall, he's 38. He's got uh, his wife Nikki, and grandson is Hunter, and Hunter's a baseball kid. Mm-hmm. So they spend their lives at the baseball diamond. And then KK and Hensley Rose, um, KK's my daughter, and she rides barrel horses and ropes real good. And um, Hensley Rose is eight, and she's she likes to ride that horse that got hurt. She rides juice all over the place, mm-hmm. and her other thing is she likes to swim. So. Little fish. Good. Yeah, I know I followed KK quite a while on Facebook, too. She cracks me up. Oh, my gosh. That's the funniest human you ever saw in your life. I mean, (laughs) she'll come off the cuff with some stuff, and you just shake your head. Oh, jolly. She's pretty good. How often do you get to work your horse while you're out on the road, then? Well, I'm not one to do a lot of drills. Mm -hmm. So working him quote unquote is is not part of my day but just i ride it i ride six days a week regardless i give him a full day off without me messing with him clean his stall and just leave him alone but um you know i do stuff like i might just take off walking and find a a place i can do a lap around a cornfield or you know i might just if trail ride primarily or just get out and I, I rarely work him on the barrels you know i do a lot of stuff where i um check and see if i've got all the buttons i like like i want a hip in i'm riding down by that cornfield and i'll move a hip in and, and then move the opposite leg and just release him if he gives it to me just to make sure and let him know it's still there and it's not a suggestion it's real regardless of whether we're in a run or out trail riding so i, I ride six days a week pretty much regardless I myself have kind of changed the way that I don't want to say that I train because again I have an open finished horse he's he's been there and done that but at the same time you kind of got to keep him tuned up but I've talked to people and they're like well I do this drill and this drill and we're in the arena I can say that I may only work in the arena a day or two a week and sometimes I just slope big circles and some small circles but sometimes I feel like on these older open horses the less you do the better off you are they know their job they know what they're doing as long as you can keep them in shape for them to do their job they do really good yeah valor valor is very very ethical i mean he it's important to him to do it right um you know he'll he'll get a little fuzzed up here and there like at, to this morning at calgary at practice he was he was very upset in the arena <laughs> you know jig trotting and going sideways i was like what what am i doing here why am i why am I forcing this on him? He doesn't need that. So, you know, I stay out of the arena most of the time because 
he he likes doing his job, then why would I force that on him? Right. Right. Sometimes the more you force it, the worse off you are. Yeah. And then he doesn't understand. He's like, man, I thought I was doing good, you know, and, you know, you, you have to build their confidence and not every horse is like Valor. Some horses need more drilling. So I'm, I'm not saying if you drill your horse, it's wrong. It's wrong for this particular horse that I have. Correct. And it's trial and error. I've been there and done that. I've, I agree with you. I did drills four or five days a week for years. And I kept thinking, why is my horse getting so hot? And I would ask these small group of people that I have around me that I trust, and I, I honor their opinions. Hey, this is the problem I'm having. And I have actually happened to talk to a fraternity trainer, and she's like, why you do, do you need the work? I'm like, well, I think I do, but he doesn't. She's like, well, then yeah. you, you do it yourself. Don't make him do it because he knows his job. So when I made that change, it worked for me. But like you said, it might not work for everybody, but sometimes you just have to try it and see if it works. Well, and you, and you can lower your own anxiety by just, you know, thinking about your horse. You know, I I give lessons at home occasionally, and you know, one of the one of the first things I do with a with a young lady I've never met is I tell her to walk around the perimeter of the arena. You know, because it's safer for them if I have if I don't have a new person, I don't know how their horse is. So we go to the arena, and I want you to tell me when your hind feet hit left right left right left right and 90 percent of them cannot do that yeah so you know that's something that i do with myself if i if i'm getting anxious and i'm getting worried then my job is to go internal feel my horse move and find where his feet are and if i know that then i can help him do anything yeah I, that is so, wonderful to hear that. I had taken a, uh, a couple of lessons many, many years ago from a wonderful local guy who trained with Buck Brenneman and Tom Dorrance. And oh, wow. He, yeah, yeah, that would be like, fabulous. He's like a little hidden secret but uh, here in Illinois. But um, he that's one thing he had me do. As soon as you said that, I went, oh, yeah. So it taught me to, you know, front feet, you know, front left, front right, back left, back right. And it was just at a walk. It is not as easy as it sounds at all. No, no, a lot of girls can't do it. Yeah. And, and you know, if I get anxious and, and things are going crummy or the calf roper comes zinging up, singing a rope and he scatters up behind me and scares my horse and I've got to come back down and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And think if you don't know, if you can't feel or understand where your horse's feet are, you know, say if you're coming into the first barrel, well, how do you expect them to keep their hip underneath them to bring the front end around and if you yeah. don't know where that is you need to figure it out <laughs> yeah Pretty yeah and so yeah so when you just do your drill you don't really drill you just you just go around and then you mm-hmm. and then you come become one with your horse and and he gets more confident and you get more confident so yeah to answer your question that that's what i do for quote unquote drill i work on me yeah that's great so like during these summer runs, these rodeo arenas that you guys go to, some of them are huge. I mean, I know just watching it on TV doesn't do it justice. So how do you prepare your horse for such big patterns? Uh, well, I'm fortunate enough to live way the heck out in the country. So I have mm-hmm. a deal where I walk about a quarter mile and then I trot about a quarter of a mile and then I long trot 
up a really beautiful long hill and then I get to the top of my hill and I lope some circles and if I feel like he's tight behind in you know I might walk halfway down that hill and and then I'll back up the hill to loosen his SI off and um, you know it strengthens everything strengthens the uh, stifles and you know if you don't have that luxury that I do you know you can set up some little cavalettis jump type things just slow and have them step over those or lope over those um but I uh I don't long trot a ton um but I have good ground and it's safe and he doesn't slip and it's not hard so you know you have to be smart about that but uh this six day a week thing you know, for me, I learned that my my dear friend Billy Perrin from Antlers, Oklahoma, who who just recently passed away, taught me so much about uh, how much time you spend horseback and and what it takes. His daughter won the world 1977 and is like a sister to me. So um, I took that with me and and you know the six day a week, the ethical riding, ride when it's hot, ride when it's cold, and you know you're not sorry you put the work in. Yeah, I agree. I don't think you can spend too much time with your horse. And there's been days that I just haven't felt right in the mind or I was angry or irritated or whatever the case may be. And someone taught me, you can still ride your horse, just don't expect anything out of them. You ride for you, not for them. And same thing, sometimes I'll just go out and just walk. We'll walk around the perimeter of our pasture, which is about 11 acres or so. We'll walk three or four times, go down by the pond, get off and you just sometimes have to clear your mind and they you know that's that's that connection like you said kind of becoming one with your horse you have to spend time with them and on them in order to get that yeah yeah and that crummy day when you do that walk around and hang at the pond and you know look off in the distance and whatever when you get off it's amazing the weight of the world's off your shoulders I agree 100%. There's, there's been more days that I've done that. And really, in the last couple of years, like I said, I have an open horse. He doesn't need trained t- too much. But it is so good for your soul to be able to do that. It gives you gratitude. Um, it gives you one-on-one with your horse. It's good for their mind as well. You know, they don't want to be stuck in the arena circling trash cans every single day. Yeah, yeah. If it's boring for you, it's boring for them. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. So tell us a little bit. I know I had listened to you on a different podcast that you feed Cool Speed. I do. How do you like it? It is the tremendous feed. Uh, Mr. Custer came to me several years ago and was telling me about, oh, I have this great feed, and it's perfect. You know, it's it's been proven with uh, to help with ulcers. Um, we've done scopes, we've done racehorses, we've taken them off everything and fed them only Cool Speed. And you know, I'm kind of smiling and nodding, and yeah, okay, that's cute. You know, whatever, whatever. And uh, you know, I certainly am not one to flavor of the month girl that jump on the newest. Uh, tube of something to put in your horse's mouth i'm not and so finally um my daughter had a horse that we knew somebody gave her long story anyway they gave her this horse um that we knew had ulcers and so i called him and said yeah we'll try it we've got this mare we'll try it and boy talk about two weeks in we we had a whole different horse and we didn't scope her, um, but I have scoped my, the it, rest of the horses as I've gone through with a cool speed. You scope them first, and maybe there's a hint of a of an ulcer. You scope them in, in another 30 days, and they're gone. 
Wow. So he's maintained his weight. Um, it's it's a level, low sugar, low starch feed. So they their mind stays kind of in the middle. And I've just been completely sold on Cool Speed. I would recommend it to anyone. That's awesome. And so do you do you use any supplements at all then? Rarely. Uh, when I'm on the road, I do use that um, Kentucky Equine Research has a product called Nano Q10, and it's a vitamin E supplement just to help muscle development and to maintain the muscle. So I do add that, but you know, there's pretty much everything in Cool Speed that you need. I had won a hair analysis at one point and sent it in, and the only thing that was off on Valor was um, a little bit of choline. And I called Mr. Custer and I said, "Here's here's the deal. What what?" What's the deal with that? And I bet you, you can't call one of those major companies and, and ha- get the head guy that can explain to you why the choline was at, at that level. Right, you know? right. So he explained to me, and uh, he knows what's in his feed, and uh, I just rarely use much of a supplement. I, I do. Um, Kentucky Equine Research also provides me with some um, race recovery, which is an electrolyte, a fantastic electrolyte for after you run or when the mm-hmm. heat. And uh, so I do. I do use that. Yeah, because during the when it's super hot like that out, and they're traveling and stressed, they, a lot of horses do need that extra boost of those electrolytes. It makes it makes all the difference. Yeah, don't leave electrolytes out. I, I have been so satisfied with the Kentucky Equine Research electrolytes. I mean. Yeah. You know, my horse maintains his weight, he doesn't drop off, and he doesn't like the taste of it, granted, you know, but there's, it's salty. You know, most yeah. of that electrolyte's salty, but at least you know what's in it, and there's no filler. I'm picky about it, and uh, I like that. Just like you said, we'll be at, I know a couple of years ago, we actually went to Cowboy Christmas. Um, been several times, but that was the first year that I really paid attention to all the new stuff that was out. A lot of people just jump on it and buy it and give it to their horse. Well, I'm the nerd that likes to read about it and what's yeah. in it. Why do why does my horse need that? What is it going to do for him? And is you know is does it have a good carrier in it? Is it actually going to work? What are your scientific studies? And then it's like crickets. <laughs> they don't these yeah. little you know these people standing at the booth don't have an idea what to tell me. So I encourage no. people to and those read nice about young it. ladies and they they really mean it and they they try oh, to understand yeah, yeah. what they're selling but they don't know what the carrier is mm-hmm. and I don't like that. My that young lady does not know what my horse has at a cellular level. Exactly. So I have exactly. done you know I do the I do the blood tests I find out what the panels are and you can call Kentucky Equine Research and they want you to understand what's in it. They want to know about your horse, not Donna Kay's horse, mm-hmm. and they they um, they want your horse to feel good. So I really have appreciated that part of their, you know, of that supplement. If if I was to use anything, I can call them, and they're so good about it. And I don't want to I don't want to trash anybody's stuff. That's not fair. But sure. I am careful. Yeah, and it, and I just encourage people. To know what you're feeding, know what you're giving, give the correct amount as well. I've I have myself given the incorrect amount for months and been mm-hmm. like, oh crap, oh I just wasted yeah, hundred fifty dollars. Why didn't I read it better? Yeah. yeah. And these supplements aren't cheap. I mean, you know, I feed one supplement that's like over three hundred dollars a bag, but I believe in it and I know it works and it's a good additive to the program that I have, but. It's not meant for everybody. And I just encourage people to do your research, know what you're buying, don't jump on the bandwagon. Just be, you just really got to be smart about it. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I find the young ladies often, you know, they'll, they'll ask their friends about it. But, but you really need to call the company or, and understand it or, or talk to your vet. 
Yes. You know, your friends are your friends love you and they're going to be helpful, but you need to call it somebody that has the scientific basis that and determine if it's going to fit your horse or not. Because, you know, you have this lovely horse and you have a pile of poop that's worth more than the horse because you spent so much money. <laughs> so you need to know what goes in. <laughs> that is so true. And not everybody has a best friend or someone in their small circle that is an animal nutritionist or a vet at the same time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. That, that would be so nice, but it's usually not real. Um, so really quick, what do you, what kind of saddles and bits do you use on Valor? Well, my husband's a custom saddle maker, so obviously I ride a, a John Rule saddle. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you know, he does custom tree, a custom fit, and then he is a fabulous artist as far as the tooling on it. So that's just a perk, you know. Um, I I use a five-star pad because I've always used a five-star pad. As, whenever they came out years ago, and um, the current owners weren't even the same people, but the quality has, has gotten, was as good as ever or even has gotten better. And plus, they're pretty, and, you know, if you like a fancy one, they can really doll it up. But I use mm-hmm. a wool pad um, next to a horse. Mm-hmm. And the bit I use is, <clears throat> I just use an O-ring snaffle or a, a little S hackamore to ride around in and keep my horse relaxed. But I actually run in a Sherry Serby, just a twisted mouth. In case I make a mistake mid-run, I can kind of get a quick lift right then and fix something. Yeah. Do you tend to change bits between what you work them in versus what you run in? Pretty much. I, you know, I think that also came from my friend Billy Perrin. Uh, we we did a schooling bit and then we did a run bit. And, you know, it seems to work for me. I always feel like my horse understands you put the boots on, you put the bit on, game on. Yeah. Yeah, and it, put, it puts them in the mindset, too. They they know if they're going to work or if they're going to run. Yes. Yeah. My horse developed this habit in the last uh, probably two or three years. Every time we're, and you know, they know when they're at a barrel race, they're not stupid. But the minute I take his halter off, um, I, I usually put a tie down on him. He'll flick the end of the halter off and lean his head towards me like, I'm ready, put it on. And, he, oh, and then he prances off. And, you know, it's so funny how they get in these routines. And I think it's just knowing your horse. When he started doing that at first, I was like, why are you walking off on me, man? Come on, stay here. Whoa. Then I realized he's as excited as I am. They feel your energy of how excited and how ready you are to go. I mean, that, that comes off and the horse understands it. That's really cool. Yeah. You know, that, that goes back to spending your time with your horse and watching him and listen to him and try to understand him. And, you know, he, he doing the same with you as best he can in, in a little equine brain, you know? Yeah. So where yeah. are you headed to after you leave Calgary? Uh, we'll go to Ogden, Nampa, and Spanish Fork in the first week. I think I'm going to Rock Springs and Preston, Idaho, and Caldwell. And I'm hoping, like I said, I hope I do well enough I can go on home to prepare for the, the big wedding still. Yeah, when is the wedding? Uh, September 24th. Oh, yeah, well, that will put you right about that time then. When is Caldwell? Is that later August? Uh, entries have closed, so it's not terribly late, um, but probably mid, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't, yeah, I didn't remember the dates on that. Right, well, as we all know, sponsors are a huge part of our industry, so tell us a little bit about the ones that are on your team. Well, I just uh, want to appreciate uh, my sponsors, which are Five Star and Cool Speed Speed, Express Ranches in Yukon, Oklahoma. They've been behind me, and they're a great company and a great family 
to have behind me and Kentucky Equine Research, Deanna Harrison's essential oils. I do use her essential oils occasionally. Um, She's got quite a few cool things that are for um, calming and um, for soreness. She's got one, does not have morphine in it. I'm going to say that ahead of time, but it's called Morphine Balm and it is the bomb. It takes a lot of pain out. I've used it a lot. And then uh, Flare Strip, uh, nasal strips. I've used those for the last couple of years, and wash your like them. Um, classic equine uh, for everything that you need for your horse. So they're good. And then Vision Works. I did. Uh, I've installed a camera in my trailer, Ooh. and uh, I've got a I've got a screen in my truck. And oh my gosh, I have loved that thing. Um, you know, like I said, I travel by myself, and I hear feel the boat rocking back there. I can look at my camera and know it was probably just a pothole or something my horse is okay and i can keep driving so vision works um sure love that um shorty's cowboy hattery for the nice uh, nice quality hat and animal therapy systems uh is the acuscope group and boy they've made a difference in my hip and my horse and he stays comfortable um elite animal sports therapy on uh, Facebook, you can go and ask questions about uh, AccuScope on there, and she can get down to the nitty gritty on that stuff. So, yeah. you know, it takes it takes a village, and of course, my family uh, just you know supporting me and saying hang in there and keep going. So, they've been wonderful. Yeah, it it does take a village, and yeah. just being away from home, you have to not only count on the people on the road and people you need there, but you also have to count on people at home as well. Oh my gosh. And I could, I could go on for the people that have just stepped up and helped me when I needed it. And, you know, I'm right here ready to do the same. So it's it's a great community and, you know, people that care for each other and their animals, you know, nobody enters to win second. We all want to win, but if, if you ever need anything, this, this, everybody will pitch in and help you. Yeah. I think that's one of the best things about the horse industry as a whole. Most people are there to help you, you know, whether you need help backing up or you don't know how to enter somewhere or you just, you know, got a flat tire, anything. The majority of people are going to stop what they're doing to help you. And you don't find that in a lot of other industries. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where I come up with my little speech about, you know, we we need to help each other. We do. Mm -hmm. You know, out in this hard world that we live in now, it, it doesn't hurt anybody. Pitch in and help. Kindness is free. Yep. Well, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you out on social media? Um, Stana K. Rule, professional barrel racer. And remember, there's only one N in my first name. So D-O-N-A-K-A-Y, professional barrel racer. And then I don't do the Instagram, but there's a Donna K. Rule Instagram. (laughs) So I I should have put that down. I'm sorry, Um, but I can find out. Uh, you can you can go to the Facebook and, and send a message and we can get that information to them. Yeah. Uh, There's so much out on social media. It's it's a full-time job to keep up with it. Oh, my dear friend Farley Schweigert from Arkansas takes care of that for me because I'm such a silly Perfect. one on the... I, I am not technological at all. You know, <laughs> I can ride a horse from here to there, but I can't. I barely turn my phone on, so... <laughs> I'd rather have horse skills than technology skills any day. Be sure to check out Donna and follow all of her adventures of her and Valor and Rosie the Rodeo Dog. She goes by Donna K. Rule, professional barrel racer. The Barrel Horse Life podcast is hosted and produced and edited by me, Amy Davenport. This show is brought to you by Drawed Out and Woco. 
Follow us on Instagram and Facebook for some really great giveaways, horse memes, and new episode drops. The website is www.thebarrelhorselife.store. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and we'll see you down the road. Thank you.